Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Magazine and sponsored by Steer. Broadcasting today from Agreco Studios. Agreco, powering the Permian. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. Welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today we have another wonderful show lined up for you. Today we will be joined by Carr Ingham, who is Petroleum Economist with the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. But first, I want to discuss our latest issue of Shell Magazine. It's a wonderful issue. It breaks down the topic of natural gas, talks about importing, exporting. So if you have questions on what's happening, there's a lot of media attention around um, this clean burning fuel. So you definitely want to go to shalemag.com. That's spelled S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. Again, that's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. And remember, it's free. And did I mention for less than $80 a year, you can get a full year subscription to Shell Magazine. And again, all you have to do is visit shale, dot com and get your subscription mailed directly to your office or home. Um, and so I look forward to you going to the website, pulling out that information. And of course, you're always welcome to email the editor, David Blackman, uh, and any questions you might have. And now... Um, we also um, have decided to talk a little bit about TEAC, which stands for Texas Energy Advocates Coalition. And it's a organization in which it's free. It is designed for uh, our uh, listeners, uh, for anyone who works in the oil and gas sector or outside of the oil and gas sector who want to be involved in excellent networking opportunities. It is free to join. And uh, we will be uh, having great speakers throughout 2019 at some of our luncheons and some of our mixers. So I encourage you to uh, go to TXEnergyAdvocates.com. Again, that's TXEnergyAdvocates.com. And learn more about how to join. Once again, it's free. Or you can go to ShellMag.com and there's a button there to click on as well. But now I want to bring on... Um, our guest today, Carr Ingham, who is the Texas uh, works for the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers and is a petroleum economist. Carr, welcome to the show today. Hi, Kim. Appreciate the opportunity. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, we're glad that you joined us, and it's kind of new because we've had uh, the president, John Tatera, on for the last two live shows, and we've covered and had a lot of interesting questions come in, uh, and he is a, a former geologist, so his view is a little different and it's focusing on things that are more of the nuts and bolts of, of drilling, and, uh, and you're a little different uh, with the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. You're their petroleum economist, and so I want to briefly uh, talk a little bit about what is a petroleum economist? What is your role uh, with the alliance? Well, uh, in in terms of just what an economist is, no matter what sort of work they're doing, that's just a person who hopefully is schooled in economics, uh, number one, and number two, does economic research and analysis and forecasting and things of that nature of one sort or another. And so there are all kind of economists out there doing all kinds of work. There are national macro, which is big picture economists, you know, talking about rates of economic growth at the national level, the national employment and what's driving all of these things, tracking the cyclical ups and downs of the 
U.S. economy. Of course, there are economists that are looking at the global economy as well. Uh, they're regional economists, and I'm also one of those. So uh, I, I concentrate on the general economy of Texas, on uh, metro uh, economies of Texas. Uh, but all of that fits in quite nicely with oil and gas work. In fact, you can scarcely be uh, a general economist in the state of Texas, and certainly not in the Permian. And I do a lot of work at just the metro level uh, in Midland, Odessa. You can't really do that stuff without kind of turning yourself into an oil and gas guy. Uh, but I've been the petroleum economist for the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers since about 2003. So this is turning into a pretty long and uh, productive relationship, at least for me. I suppose they think the same thing, or they'd kick me to the curb. But uh, So what does a petroleum economist do? Well, it's just a, an economist who focuses on that segment of, of, uh, of industry. And so there are uh, uh, industry economists out there in automobile industry, in real estate, in banking, and you name it. And so I'm just an industry economist in oil and gas. And so I focus on things that are oil and gas, and I pay attention to uh, and try to define what the oil and gas economy in Texas looks like uh, and to connect that economy to the broader economy of Texas, uh, to do things that inform our membership as to what is going on in markets and what's driving that. I assist uh, the organization in really the uh, the chief purpose for its existence, and that is advocacy at the legislative and regulatory level. Uh, so I will, as organizational economists do and industry economists do, uh, provide support for those efforts um, in terms of things economic, doing impact studies, uh, 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 coming up with uh, outcomes based on proposed legislation or policy changes or regulation, uh, either at the state level or the national level. So uh, there's uh, probably even more to it than that, but that's kind of what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. I find it really uh, interesting that um, when you're talking about your petroleum economist and you're kind of um, watering it down, if you will, in my opinion, because one of the most important commodities we have in the world is oil and gas, and there's not a lot of petroleum economists to begin with. And when people are making million and billion dollar decisions, um, experts in that area are so vital. And so uh, we're glad that you're an expert on our show today. Um, I know that we have some listeners already lined up wanting to talk to you. Actually, our phone lines are pretty lit up. So let's start getting to our questions. Uh, first of all, I'd like to bring on Joseph. Joseph, uh, where are you calling from? And what's your question for Carr? And welcome to In the Oil Patch. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we're calling from the Woodlands, Texas. Very good, very good. Well, uh, it's nice to hear we, we are airing in Houston as well, so it's great to hear you calling in. What is your question for Carr uh, with the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers? Well, the question is about the purchase of the Anadarko Petroleum Company by Chevron. Now, both are energy giants, obviously, and how do you think this will impact the industry, and what are, are there going to be more consolidations in the future expected in the industry? That's the question. Well, I, I expect there are. That's certainly been a trend uh, in recent years. And by recent, I mean since we began to observe these developments in, uh, in shale production, unconventional production, and certainly since uh, the post-recession 2008-2009 timeframe where crude oil was really driving uh, the activity increases, and we began to explode domestic crude oil production uh, led by the state of Texas, which in turn is led by what's going on in the Permian. So 
Um, I, you know, I recall this period of time when I started doing work in the Permian back in the late um, late 1990s. At that time, uh, the Permian was pretty heavily populated with the majors and the independents. Uh, there was a cyclical downturn, a very sharp cyclical downturn in 1998, 1999, and that kind of turned out to be the catalyst for the wholesale exodus of those companies, the majors and large independents from the Permian. You could open up the newspaper down there in the Chronicle in Houston and just read about these uh, daily job losses of three or 400 people because companies were shuttering up and, and uh, leaving town. And so that sort of left all of that in the hands of localized independents out there. Um, and so uh, when uh, crude oil production began to grow again, when uh, the Permian really began to flex its muscle, that's when we began to see the majors and the large independents making their way back into the Permian. All you have to do is drive out on the uh, west side of Midland and look at the stakes and the roots that these companies are putting down. Um, the Chevron Permian headquarters out there, was this, which is a spectacular, fantastic building, uh, to see that these companies are playing the long game in the Permian. And uh, uh, will it have implications? Absolutely. Um, uh, it's it's pretty instructive that during the sharp downturn of 2014 through 2016, when crude oil prices went down by 80%, so did the rig count drilling permits, all of that stuff in the Permian. Crude oil production did not decline at all in the Permian over that period of time. And so what's occurring is these companies are figuring out how to uh, how to produce crude oil at lower costs and uh, been seen this analogy before, but it's one that I've had as well, and that is these companies are figuring out how to turn crude oil production into more of a manufacturing concern rather than a really highly cyclical uh, commodity-like thing. It's still a commodity, of course. Yes, I do believe we're going to see more of this in the future. The companies are seeing the value of the Permian. It's increasing global significance, and uh, I think there's little doubt about the fact that there's more of this to come. Excellent. Uh, Joseph, thank you for calling in. We're going to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. In the Oil Patch Radio Show is proud to bring you this week's Energy Minute produced by shalemag.com. Here's Texas Railroad Commissioner Ryan Sitton with your current industry update. This is Texas Railroad Commissioner Ryan Sitton with your Energy Minute. Oil prices edged higher on Thursday as declining U.S. inventories, a trend that could continue as the summer driving season approaches and refineries start boosting their crude intake. This could be bad news for states as California, who has the most expensive pump prices since 2014, averaging $4.00 one cent a gallon. The average price per gallon in Texas currently sits at $2.57, with West Texas seeing the highest average price per gallon at $2.74, and the I-35 corridor having the lowest price per gallon at $2.49. WTI closed yesterday at $64 per barrel, up 24 cents, while natural gas closed at $2.49, down 2 cents per MMBTU. This is Ryan Sitton, and that's your Energy Minute. Listen to In the Oil Patch radio and keep up with the oil and gas industry online at shalemag.com. 
Agreco has been powering the Permian Basin for over 10 years, supporting Permian producers with temporary power to get their product to market. When utility power is not available, Agreco is your reliable alternative. Agreco supports power systems as small as a single 200 kilowatt to as large as a 50 megawatt power plant. So when your utility power is delayed, call on Agreco to engineer a diesel, natural gas, or battery solution to fit your needs. We have immediate availability right here in the Permian Basin. Call 1-800-AGRECO or online agreco.com. Plan your next meeting or event at Victoria College's Emerging Technology Complex, home to the state-of-the-art conference and education center, conveniently located between Houston and Corpus Christi. The center hosts meetings, educational workshops, and banquets for up to 300 people with the latest in technology amenities and ample parking. Let their professional meeting planners make your next event a success. For more information, go to conferenceinvictoria.com. Once again, that's conferenceinvictoria.com. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and I'm your host, Kimball Otto. Today, we have a live show going on. Our guest today is Carr Ingham, who is a petroleum economist with the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. And Carr, before the break, uh, we had a wonderful caller calling Joseph, asking a very timely question about really big news that's been really all over worldly, uh, big buy in the Permian Basin. And, uh, you know, we are actually scheduled to have uh, a show around that, too, in which we'll be talking directly to them. So um, a lot of exciting things happening out there in the Permian Basin. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, I do agree. It's the most exciting place in the country in terms of the oil and gas business. Uh, Again, the Permian has just really flexed its muscle in recent years. Um, And probably as we sit here today, owing to a couple of factors, uh, it's probably the uh, the the largest single producing oil field on the planet right now. Right. It, it's not necessarily the biggest one because uh, Gwar in Saudi Arabia it's now producing again as we sit here today less crude oil than the Permian. Some of that's probably intentional, however, because of the Saudis and OPEC's pullback on production. So it's not producing at full capacity. But just the fact that we're talking about the possibility that we're talking about the Permian Basin of Texas and that global scope, uh, that it is uh, uh, on the way to becoming potentially the largest single oil field on the planet. There is a lot of interesting stuff going on out there. Um, it's all—it's mind-boggling in many respects. You can hardly get your arms around all of that. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. And I also want to cover, Carr, you're an economist. Uh, yes, we, we know that. But you cover things outside of just uh, anything pertaining to the economy. You can cover things like... Uh, water issues and air. So I want to encourage our callers to call in and and just kind of ask questions, period. But let's get to our next caller, who is David. David Blackman, as uh, everyone knows, is the famous editor of Shell Magazine. David, welcome to uh, In the Oil Patch. 
famous? famous <laughs> yes, you're famous. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> you're, you're also our, our, our resident energy expert here on the show as well, too. And uh, so we love to have you call in. Uh, so what, what do you want to talk about uh, on the show today, David? Well, first thing I want to say is, is how jealous I am of, of Car Ingham's radio voice, man. I tell you what, that is a voice tailor made for radio. I wish I, wish oh, well, I had you a, a voice. Just keep the questions easy. <laughs> is all I ask. Carr, I've always felt like you had, uh, you, you know, you of, among anyone in the industry here in Texas has as good a handle as anybody on what's happening in the commodity price world. And I just uh, kind of curious. You know, we seem to have pretty good momentum behind oil prices right now. Uh, and it, it seems, at least to me, like you know, over the next two, three months, we may be looking at uh, a slightly stronger price even than we have today. But I'm just curious what your outlook is for the second quarter of this year uh, where crude oil prices are concerned. Yeah, it's actually an outlook that I share. Uh, that's particularly interesting against the backdrop of what happened in the fourth quarter of 2018, where prices I think pretty unexpectedly dropped a considerable amount, kind of spooked everybody, spooked me, spooked the markets. I think I have some sense as to what happened there. Uh, And if I'm right about that, it'd just be a short-term set of events having to do with geopolitics and President Trump and uh, tweaking the Saudis to uh, increase output and exports, all of which they did kind of under the notion that we were going to uh, implement the sanctions on Iran, tanking Venezuelan production and things of that nature. So we do all of these things. So the uh, Saudis actually do increase production and exports. And we do implement these sanctions, but then there are all manner of waivers granted on that sort of thing. So we just kind of end up with this little temporary um, uh, market perception of oversupply in the fourth quarter there, which pushes prices down pretty dramatically. I follow a thing called the posted price. It's just a daily posting of prices, benchmark for West Texas Intermediate Crude on what purchasers are paying for a barrel of crude oil that day. Uh, that's typically three or four bucks less than the futures price. On Christmas Eve 2018, that number had a three in front of it. It was like 39.50, 39.75, or something like that. Thankfully, it was the only day uh, that happened, and as of just this last week, that number has a six in front of it now. Um, and so you're correct. We do have pretty solid momentum in terms of crude oil pricing going on right now. And there's just not very much out there to suggest to me that that's going to be a different scenario in the second quarter of uh, 2019, we may bounce around a bit throughout the year, uh, uh, you know, as well as I do. It's just an industry and a, and a, a set of commodities, crude oil and natural gas, that are uh, 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 very unpredictable, can be very volatile at times based on things that are going to occur that we just wouldn't have any way of knowing right now. But the things that we do know Uh, which are global supply and demand and things that typically have everything to do with setting prices, uh, again, suggest that pricing should continue to be pretty favorable in the uh, the coming months. I certainly hope that's the case. Excellent. Well, you know, it's really hard uh, a lot of times to make assessments. 
um, pertaining to oil and gas. Um, we can just look back to the Eagle Ford, of course, and, and everyone thought that this was uh, going to go on for 20 years. And it, and it is going on. I don't want to make it seem like it hasn't. But the price of oil was really not discussed. And, uh, of course, things wound up. Uh, dropping uh, and of course a lot of uh, companies were um, left um, kind of holding the bag in some ways and so I think listening to you understanding you know what your thoughts are for you know uh, right now and then of course in the the near future but things always change in this in this business it's so interesting uh, to to listen to someone like you car and then figure out like where is this really going to go when we come back from break we have more callers waiting in line to talk to you, but I also want to try to get to the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers Expo. So we'll be right back. You're listening to the Oil Patch. Remember this name, Oil Field Experts, to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. Oil Field Experts' specialty is those hard-to-find oil field parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oil Field Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. And this is our live show. We are being joined by Carr Ingham, who is a petroleum economist with the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. Boy, that is a tongue twister, Carr, to put all those together. (laughs) Uh, Before the break, we were talking to David Blackman, our editor of Shell Magazine, and he was asking a question. So, David, um, before the break, you were talking a little bit about areas of interest is there anything else in the area that you want to talk about or i don't really know if we had completed absolutely go ahead what's your question for car yeah uh car uh you know we talked about oil prices i'd like to also get your your view on natural gas we uh had a situation in the permian and it's happened several times here uh, in recent months due to the shortage of pipeline capacity where uh, we had negative natural gas prices uh, coming out for gas coming out of the Permian Basin where producers right. were literally paying pipelines uh, to take their natural gas. And uh, I'll, I'm, I'm just wondering if you'd like to kind of talk about that because I, I know some people see those headlines and wonder what in the world is causing it. And I uh, just thought it would be really well, interesting be to get your views on that. I'd be happy to talk about that. that. Um, the, it, it is a, a, um, such an odd scenario. I track uh, daily and monthly gas pricing from a few dif- different pricing points. Um, and for the most part, they've kind of all lined up with one another. In the early part of 2018, uh, natural uh, crude oil pricing as well, by the way, but natural gas pricing in the Permian began to diverge to the low side from these other pricing points. That'd be 
Henry Hub, Houston Ship Channel, you name it, um, uh, 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 futures market, futures prices. Um, and the reason was that natural gas production was beginning to, as you properly suggest, outpace the ability of uh, transportation infrastructure, pipelines in particular, to get that production out of the Permian. And so you say to yourself, well, why in the world do they keep producing this stuff if there's not any market for it? And believe me, uh, there is a market for it globally. It's certainly as though there's not a use for that natural gas. But anytime you see prices around zero or negative, that just simply suggests that in that localized market, uh, the market is trying to suggest to producers, you need to bring me less of this stuff. And producers are not trying to produce natural gas. Um, that's the short version of the story. Statewide Texas, we've got 95% uh, plus of the rigs that are drilling for natural gas, pardon me, for crude oil and not natural gas in the Permian. It's virtually 100%. And so what happens is, as you know, and I expect a great many people know this, natural gas production comes off of crude oil wells. And so a well that's drilled to produce crude oil also produces natural gas. Right. And as long as they continue to increase crude oil production out there, continue to drill wells, um, uh, we're going to have this uh, increase in natural gas production, even though prices are suggesting the exact opposite needs to happen. So just a couple of very telling statistics. We track production in Texas for natural gas in two ways. One that we call gas well gas. And this is gas that we're trying to produce uh, through a well that was drilled to produce natural gas, and then one called casing head gas or associated gas. In other words, natural gas production that is associated with uh, production from a crude oil well. Well, statewide Texas, that number's pretty big. About 40% of all natural gas production in Texas is accidental. Um, uh, which is to say that it's coming off of crude oil wells. You know what that number is in the Permian? 70% and climbing. And so so 70% wow. of the Permian uh, natural gas production is just uh, uh, unintentional, by accident, unwanted, uh, unneeded, in, at least in terms of uh, being able to uh, find a, a route to market for that. Uh, so that's what's going on. I mean, and, uh, and as long as crude oil production increases or regulators step in and say you can't flare this stuff as much as you have, uh, or what we're waiting for, which is some relief in the takeaway capacity, and it's coming, but it's not right around the corner. So I'm afraid we're going to continue to witness this situation for um, uh, maybe the balance of this year and moving on into 2020. And, you know, um, Carr, I, I, there was a recent uh, statement, an article that Scott Sheffield had made pertaining to specifically the natural gas and flaring, and it was a very interesting article. Uh, but we are going to get ready for break. David Blackman, I'd like to tell you thank you for calling in, and uh, hopefully we can get you back on the show here shortly. But we are going to have to move on to another caller and also take a break. You're listening to In the Old Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Any 
business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us, 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today uh, on a live show is Carr Ingham, who is a petroleum economist for the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. Carr, you've had a couple of interesting calls. Uh, most of them are focusing on what's going on in the Permian Basin. And, and as you you know said earlier, there's a lot of activity. It's, it's a very, very large base goes from Texas into uh, New Mexico. A lot of uh, interesting things are happening out there. A lot of great things are happening out there. We're seeing a lot of majors uh, investing out there long term. Uh, It's kind of showing all these things. Uh, And so I want to get to our next caller. uh, But before we do, uh, I just want to set up that we will actually, um, on our last segment, I want to cover the Alliances Expo. So um, this will be your last question that's live. And then from there, we'll cover uh, what happened at the Expo because it was a lot of of good things to cover there. Um, So let me bring on our next caller, who is John. John, uh, welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Where are you uh, calling from? Yes, uh, Kim, thank you. I'm calling in San Antonio. Okay. And what's your uh, question for Carr? Yes, uh, first of all, I've read several of your interviews you have given in Shell Magazine and the Midland newspaper, and just want to say I really enjoyed them. Um, What do you think are going to be some really important things to keep an eye on for the rest of 2019, sir? Well, your voice was fading a bit there. First of all, thank you for the kind words. Was the question, what uh, what am I keeping uh, keeping an eye on for the balance of 2019? Yes. Yes. Well, you know uh, what I the 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 thing that tends to wake me up at night uh, about these sorts of things is uh, these continued increases in crude oil production in Texas and in the United States, and uh, that being the case, any possibility that the same thing could happen again uh, in 2019 or in this current cycle that happened in 2014, which is to say this explosion of U.S. domestic production led by Texas and led by the Permian uh, did indeed overwhelm um, uh, consumption and uh, pushed us into that two-year nasty tailspin where we had this really, really sharp contraction. So I'm certainly mindful of um, increasing production, and that that is occurring now, particularly since we have prices that have improved the rig count, which was going down uh, in response to these events of the fourth quarter of 2018, the crude oil price declines, uh, has largely uh, at least leveled off and begun to tick back upward again. I expect that will continue to be the case. In other words, pricing right now is favorable to continued increases in crude oil production uh, and development. And so this is the thing that does worry me at times. And so uh, uh, so what's the solution to that? Well, continued growth in U.S. and global demand. Uh, 
and right now those scenarios look pretty decent and pretty reasonable. Uh, but but uh, that, that's the thing that I just keep an eye on month in and month out. Um, we're going to continue to grow production domestically in the U.S. and in Texas and in the Permian. Uh, and this is almost impervious to price movements at this point. It's a fairly fantastic turn of events. Uh, and so um, watching the national and global economy, um, uh, so from an economics perspective, um, uh, you know, that's pretty high at the top of my list. But uh, beyond that, uh, I spend a lot of time worrying and paying attention to policy proposals. And I'll just throw out this Green New Deal, which I uh, was quick to label not from some wild-eyed uh, political perspective, from an economics per- perspective, the Green Raw Deal. Um, and uh, 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 so I spend a fair amount of time worrying about what appears to be kind of a shift in um, in U.S. population, U.S. citizen um, uh, sentiment about the appropriate role of government and uh, in the economy, uh, and then something as important as energy uh, production, and this seeming loss of understanding about all the fantastic things that that development has done in terms of of uh, increasing um, a standard of living, quality of life, uh, uh, you name it. This what we literally have now is a long-term, abundant, affordable supply of energy for decades to come. And uh, it just irritates me and concerns me that there is an increasing lack of understanding and appreciation for this, and in fact, a disdain for this. And so um, uh, I spend a lot of time watching a lot of things, but those two things, uh, in a nutshell, are pretty close to the top of the list. It's kind of like a what's driving you nuts. And and I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, a lot of uh, coverage on AOC right now has been, who of course is the original author for the Green New Deal, has really been covering, uh, you know, her her tweets and her uh, videos are coming out. And, and, and it's strange to me when I look at it, it, I'm not disagreeing with her beliefs or anything, but I do find it troubling that when she's out there saying things like, uh, there is global warming happening, and that's why all the migrants are coming. And she connects these two together without really connecting, how are you connecting them? But when she actually is on these videos, um, she is in her her wonderful kitchen, uh, enjoying a nice glass of wine, uh, wearing makeup, probably in a a nice warm room or a nice air-conditioned room. Uh, In other words, enjoying everything that oil and gas is providing her uh, is what she's enjoying, and yet she's so quick to say we need to get rid of this. And I wonder how many Americans really understand what it would be like if we actually followed through with this. I mean, literally, they have to understand this means we will live uh, in the Stone Age. Uh, there will be no houses, no uh, electronic we'll, electronic devices, no cell phones. There's, uh, we will have definitely, the uh, our extension of life will be cut right. dramatically. Exactly. I mean, it's just amazing that, that, that our elected officials don't really talk the truth about what these things look like when we look at you know, cutting these things off and uh, and then let the American people, right, decide, gee, do we really want to do this or not? We're uh, getting ready for a break, Car. When we return, I want to talk about the Texas Alliance's Energy Producers Expo. Uh, but we'll be right back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. 
Plan your next meeting or event at Victoria College's Emerging Technology Complex, home to the state-of-the-art conference and education center, conveniently located between Houston and Corpus Christi. The center hosts meetings, educational workshops, and banquets for up to 300 people with the latest in technology amenities and ample parking. Let their professional meeting planners make your next event a success. For more information, go to conferenceinvictoria.com. Once again, that's conferenceinvictoria.com. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year, and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. Remember this name, Oil Field Experts, to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. Oil Field Experts' specialty is those hard-to-find oil field parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oil Field Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com. And we're back. We're being joined by Carr Ingram, who is a petroleum economist for the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. And Carr, before the break, I kind of wanted to come back and just revisit. I hope I wasn't too hard on the Green New Deal, but uh, I do believe that it is important that we understand. Like I said, uh, the Green Raw Deal is what I've called that. So I think I was harder on it than you were, uh, and deservedly so. Um, it's a terrible concept, and it it's is. not a discussion we need to have. We, well, what we need to be having a discussion on, in my opinion, is I grew up in Houston, and I remember as a, a young girl waiting in, in lines that were two to three miles long, and there were fights that would break out. When the gas would run out of the gas pumps, there would be fighting. It was a very scary thing to see how dependent we are on oil and gas, and yet uh, we have an abundance. Uh, people don't want to pay, uh, you know, $8 uh, for a gallon of gas. I mean, we really, these have big implications for you, the person that's sitting at home, not working in oil and gas, but thinking that this doesn't affect you. It does. Uh, and then when we look at third world countries and they don't have access to clean running water, uh, their life expectancy is cut dramatically because of the fact that they don't have access to energy, oil and gas. It, it, it's just heartbreaking to see how people just really are not putting these things together. Um, but changing gears just a little bit, I want to talk to you quickly about uh, President Trump's announcement pipeline. What do you see will happen? Um, I know it's more of a federal issue, but uh, what do you see happening 
uh, with his announcement on pipelines. Well, it's a federal issue, though, that it affects us, uh, and it affects the way crude oil moves freely from one location to the next. Uh, and then those things in turn, uh, in turn affect pricing for what is produced uh, in Texas. These are terribly important things. Um, and, uh, and so just the ability to uh, and just think about this in terms of general business and not necessarily oil and gas pipelines and things of that nature. Uh, but if you are a private company and you have decided to invest your dollars in one project or uh, another because you have determined that there is a market need for this, what sense does it make to have to sit on the sidelines for two years, three years, five years, ten years, waiting for this to play out? Um, and so the antis have been pretty successful in figuring out ways to do that. And what the president suggested at that news conference was that those days are over with uh, and that they are going to make, that this administration is going to make it much easier to permit those projects and move forward with them. Right on. Uh, and I, I, that's exactly what needs to happen. Uh, and uh, so this this is the thing that we celebrate. It is a federal issue, and it's not an upstream issue, except that it is because we need a way to get this product to market. To market, yeah. Uh, so. And then uh, and and, uh, and that means global markets as well. And so the free movement of crude oil and natural gas from one location to the next. Whether it's Canada into the United States, uh, somewhere in the United States to the coast, whatever the case may be, um, uh, this is a decision that uh, that we celebrate. And uh, uh, honestly, anybody who is a uh, who is a, a lover of markets and uh, and uh, uh, and freely working markets ought to uh, ought to celebrate as well. Exactly. Uh, let's switch uh, and talk a little bit about uh, you guys just uh, concluded your once a year annual expo, had amazing uh, guests there speaking, and, and you were actually covering a panel on oil and gas economics. Um, but you also had like speakers like uh, Alan Gilmer, who's with Drilling Info, they're coming out with some new technology. Um, Cover a little bit about uh, what uh, happened at the conference. Yes, indeed. Well, this is the annual membership meeting of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. It's actually the first year in the history of the Alliance as the Alliance, a statewide organization, that this meeting has been held outside of Wichita Falls, which is our headquarters office until a couple of years ago. And we still have an office there and great membership in the North Texas region. Uh, but this meeting was in Irving. Uh, on uh, on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday of uh, April 2nd and 3rd. And so the first day were the sessions that you're referring to, my oil and gas uh, economist panel, which I was pleased to host with the great Dr. Dean Foreman, chief economist at the American Petroleum Institute, uh, and one of my favorite ladies, Dr. Monet Ussel, who is a, the senior economist at Dallas Federal Reserve Bank, but she's everything under the sun energy. She is a past president of the U.S. Association for Energy Economics, as well as the International Association for Energy Economics. She's a past president of the National Association for Business Economics. She is one sharp lady, and I venture to say, with all due respect to Dr. Farman, that she's probably the smartest person in the room when oh. we were having that meeting. Um, and uh, and, and he's he not far behind, of course. Uh, and then Alan Gilmer with Drilling Info, who always has such an interesting perspective 
not just on technology, but just on the the nature of the industry. He is a staunch defender of free markets in oil and gas. He's always great to listen to. Lee Fuller, governmental relations uh, chief at the Independent Petroleum Association of America. Uh, our guys, uh, Bill Stevens, our chief lobbyist, and uh, Jason Isaac, the uh, former state representative with the Texas Public Policy Foundation, talking about Texas, uh, the Texas picture in terms of uh, the session, legislative session that's going on uh, right now. And then Byron Tuck, who is, uh, owns Simon Energy Associates, which is uh, uh, which markets uh, crude oil and natural gas properties. It was a fantastic it, afternoon session. It really, really was. And um, as we close out the show, I want to give you an opportunity to tell anyone who might be interested in joining the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, uh, where can they go? What's your website? Uh, it's texasalliance.org, www.texasalliance.org. Um, and so that'll that'll tell you what you need to know and uh, and how to get in touch with all of us. So we'd love to visit with anybody about that or anything else. Thank you. And thank you for being a guest today on our show as well. Um, and I hope that we will meet new members from the Alliance at our Texas Wildcatter event in Houston. And that is a great mixer to attend as well. Carr, thank you for joining us today. And that's all the time thank we have. Thank you again for having me. All Enjoyed right. It. Take care. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.